I'm glad you have your chance to Hello, everybody, and welcome to the gag. I'm your host, Joshua Simon, and on this podcast, we talk about the spoops and scary stuff that should have scared us straight, but did the opposite. <laughs> and I'm here with a super special guest. He's very, very funny. Uh, he's probably going to write the Lifetime original movie about Aaron Shock. <laughs> You're going to write that script. He's funny. He's about to go shake up Chicago. It's Sean Banks. Hello. Hi. Hello, Sean. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm so <laughs> glad you're here. You're the first person I don't personally know who I've gotten to be on the podcast. And mm-hmm. I met you at an open mic. And Union you're stage, really. Yes. yes, Union Stage. Um, a really funny gay DC comic. I'm like, perfect. I wanted to meet more of these people. <laughs> Same, honestly. When I, when I first started doing stand-up, I was hoping that there would be more gay comics and there were not really that many. There really aren't. I There are queer rooms in like larger comedy cities. Like, like New York and LA do have queer rooms, I think. Yeah, they do. Like, they're, they're starting to do events where they're specifically looking for queer comics and, and that's always great to see. Mm-hmm. Um... And, that, and there's few in D.C., just very few and far between, and they're not, yeah. like, consecutive. They're, like, every three months, or, like, Up when it. people can get it together and stuff like that. I mean, like it's that, hard so. enough to get women on the schedule at <laughs> comic clubs. I know, I know. <laughs> women are like, we're still getting booked, maybe 4%. No, it's... Yeah. it's And still having to, like, do a misogyny at the same time. It's still it's so like, oddly a boys' club for everything that's happened in the comedy world. It's just still so... Mask for mask. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, it's very annoying. But, um, but there, there, there are a few of us out here trying to do big things. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we're gagging on. Oh, I came <laughs> up with a new acronym for what a gag means. These movies made me a gargantuanly awkward... <laughs> Gopher person. <laughs> I'm a gopher man. I I thought you were, honestly I thought you were gonna say a gargantually aggressive gay. <gasps> is that what you are this week? I mean, yeah, is I guess I could say of, that. Is yeah, that the kind of gag you're doing. Yeah, I'm a gargantually aggressively gay this week. I feel yes. like I because I you know I've had cause this is my last official week in DC. That's right. So, you're moving to Chicago. Mm-hmm. How long are you going to be living there before you start saying a la Shay <laughs> bitch, I'm from Chicago. Exactly. Like, how long will that take? Before I just know? start walking in and yelling at white women, bitch, I'm from Chicago. No, <laughs> just immediately. Just, well, immediately, Please I go start. on the stage and like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I'm from so, Chicago for the last exactly. <laughs> um, so I plan on. Okay, so I've been wanting to move out of DC for years. Mm-hmm. Like, people think that I'm just going there for a comedy, which is like a big thing. But like, oh, so you're like, gotta get out of here. No, I never liked DC. Like, mm-hmm. I never did. Like, it was it's so small. Uh, the metro closes at eleven o'clock, or I guess eleven thirty, and it's like I don't want to be at a ten forty five at a bar, and then and all when of a it's sudden, open, it's on fire. So it's not <laughs> exactly. And it's like if it's eleven fifteen and you're nowhere near a metro station, it's like, well, gotta check these surge prices. Right. Like that's annoying. Uh, there's no cool like bars or cafe that stay that's why the government invented uber that's the dc conspiracy because our our metro is shit so the government exactly and then the green party invented lifts so (laughs) the congressman is actually picking you up (laughs) you're like wait don't you represent my district (laughs) uh yeah can you leave me a tip (laughs) yeah i'll vote Uh, for some gay shit if you leave me a five star i guess y'all can get married (laughs) oh my god uh you you want free snacks (laughs) (laughs) okay let me stop um (laughs) 
I'm excited for you. I'm excited. I'm sorry to. I'm sorry to lose you so quickly after meeting you in the in the DC comedy yeah. world. But I am excited. I also would love to know what turned you gay this week. Uh, I think RuPaul's Drag Race, like the second premiere, turned me like really gay because it, you know, it's like that off season where like you have to like find other things to watch. Because like I don't watch a lot of reality television, but like RuPaul's Drag Race—that's the only one I'll still fuck with. And exactly. I, I didn't watch last season, and I'm not. Oh, sorry. And I'm not watching this one either. Oh, really? I um, how come? Like by choice, or just like not available to see it? Well, I I was closing a musical the night of the premiere if i can <laughs> brag a little bit i was i was booked. oh yeah sorry, I, I, I yeah, booking. Saying, the, the gigs are just a plenty <laughs> right. so you know drag and, so, and i'm too poor to have cable so i haven't been able to catch up <laughs> you know you know mm-hmm. boom and bust i'm not gonna have cable when i go to chicago i feel like at this point there's so many streaming platforms what's it's the point it's true so. um so are you caught up with uh the whole sherry pie yeah yeah. yeah that was unfortunate i can't believe it I there I have so many questions about that. So in, many. In terms most of my questions I don't really I don't really empathize with her because I mean she's a monster. But yeah. I feel bad for the queens and I feel bad for like the entire season. Me too cuz they say at the I'm hearing that they're saying at the top of the episode we have disqualified this mm-hmm. uh contestant but in out of respect to the hard work of the other queens which mm-hmm. is totally understandable they're still airing the season as is but I hear she's getting a good Edit. That's what I'm saying. Apparently, I mean, allegedly, I don't know anything. I don't really like to read spoilers. Apparently, she did very well on the show. And Reddit is ablaze. Exactly. And so, apparently, she did really well on the show. And even the episode that she was in, when they had made the disclaimer, she did well. And she was in the top. So, it's like, how are you going to edit out one of the front runners? That is, I guess I think they're that not. I'm assuming it's going to be there the entire season. Because oh. if they're saying, oh, she's not going to be in the finale, it's like, oh, well, did she make it to the finale? A lot of people are assuming she did make it to the finale so it's gonna be hard to like edit her out if she did that well because it's one thing that she's like a filler because it's like mm, mm-hmm. she can go now who's sitting on all this i mean i think it was journalistically somebody planned to make oh yeah this story somebody somebody made this story break literally between episode one and two yes mm-hmm. or before it was the one. thursday it was a so the so the season premiere was in two parts right there was the first season where the, uh, the first episode where they had like the first seven queens and then the second episode which was the second premiere but they had the rest of them and the person who initially started the story about sherry came out on thursday which is a day before it aired wow yeah. I mean... And then, like, and then once that, like, that broke the dam of, like, all the other people coming forward Yeah, there are now, like, seven allegations, or mm-hmm. seven victims and multiple seven allegations. allegations. Apparently yeah. there's 800 videos. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, everyone's, like, all the other drag race queens are, like, standing with the victims and being like, this is sad, this is crazy. I don't know what she... No one knows what she's doing. She hasn't been on social media in, since she that happened. She made that statement saying, like... I did this, and I'm sorry, and I'm working on myself. And yeah. Ugh, those statements mm, give me the creepy crawlies often whenever anyone's, like, making it about their journey and themselves mm-hmm. instead of about the people they hurt. But it's like, what can you say to the people you've hurt that would make any of this any better? Exactly. Because you making, like a, blank, uh, like, a blanket statement and not addressing the people individually kind of doesn't... Seems like you don't really have any empathy. It seems like you're just trying to, like you said, kind of just like, you know, just make it seem like you are working on yourself and you're learning. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: one of the, uh, I, I, I did some details. <laughs> one of the, one of the stories that came out from one of the guys 
apparently she was doing this in December of 2019. Like one of the last most current cases of her catfishing someone was in December 2019. Drag Race filmed summer of 2019. So she even did. She was still she continuing did the show this. Still doing it. Oh, so okay, you lose all credibility uh, when it's like there, when it was still happening even after you did Drag Race. So you're yeah. Maybe the power of you know that. Notoriety emboldens people. I mean, I know it, mm-hmm. it. And yeah, I think they made the right call by disqualifying her and canceling her oh, for absolutely. the season because I mean, like, if she was still doing it after she had aired, knowing that she was going to become a big star, and especially after she knew she did well on her season, and like that would only give her a bigger platform to keep doing it. So a lot of a lot yeah. of gangshiousness out there over the over the cherry <laughs> pie situation, yeah. and, a, and and a wild amount of um. Of victim blaming, from, even from within I, the gay community. Being were, like, people were like, well, yeah. don't people do that on Grindr? Just ask for random naked pictures. I'm like, that's different. This was this was offering like a job, and exactly, I've been in those positions where I'm like, I I need this job. Like people are very desperate in this industry mm-hmm. for work, and it's very easy for young people to be taken advantage of in that way. It's and, like, it also makes it Upsetting worse because these are some of her friends, too. Like, the first guy was, like, she said she went to college with him. Yeah. And, like, they, like, did theater together. And so, like, it made it even worse and more egregious that, like, she was taking advantage of her own friends in, instead of just, like, strangers on an app. And also, like, you're not, like, if, if you send a picture of yourself on Grindr, like, the person's not like, I'll sleep with you, but you have to, like, take, take testosterone injections and then work out and then talk to a casting director and then we'll get back to you. And then I can, like, bottom for you. No! <laughs> like, no, that's not happening. So it's, it's yeah, people are, people <sighs> suck so much. Well, yeah, I mean, RuPaul's Drag Race would have turned me gayer if it wasn't turning me more anxious. And, you know, it's always a battle between which 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 trait is going to be more dominant. It was a twofer. <laughs> twofer this week. <laughs> I mean, I, uh... I was also uh, made gayer by the revelation of Aaron Shock, you mm-hmm. know, being gay. But I was made gayer by the quick wit and relentlessness that gay Twitter handled his ass. Like, okay, oof. can you can you fill me in on that? Because like, I don't, I don't have I don't have a Twitter. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so like, I would love to see some of the things because I mean. I could just imagine because I looked up because right before we were started recording, you told me like I looked up this picture. I was like, "Oh, this looks like someone that is like." So Aaron Shock was this Republican who voted against all these equal rights measures that would have made life easier for queer people, made homophobic, transphobic statements. Um, was basically cut from the cloth, conservative Republican, anti-gay, vitriol spewer, and mm-hmm. then was started to be. Um, you know, caught with men. He was called gay because he spent a lot of time in the gym, had a super hot bod. Then he was caught at Coachella, grinding on dudes. And so people were, you know, outing him and being like, this guy is super gay and super internalized homophobic. Of course, the immediate response to that was, hey, it's never cool to out people, even if they're terrible. And then like last week, he's like, yep. (laughs) Yep. Ah, uh, yep. I am, I am super gay, and do, do sorry just... about voting against all those gay things. But hey, I'm part of the team now. 
and I'm here to shake things up. And gay Twitter was like, oh, no. Don't you just love it when people's internal struggles and their internal conflicts just arrive and bubble to the surface? <laughs> it's, it's wild uh, that at this point there, there are people who are coming out and it's not brave anymore. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is a very strange sign of progress like <laughs> yeah like when the whole kevin spacey shit hit the uh, fan and, yeah. he, and he was like look i'm i am out of the closet billy eichner was just like wow i can't believe kevin spacey found a bad time to come out i cannot no, believe he made coming out a bad thing like <laughs> like we've God, come yeah. full circle it used to be poison for your career to come out now it makes you brave and now it makes you what the fuck are you doing with this? <laughs> with this information, it's not making you a better person. Yeah, no, and I, and I think from and it's always like the white men, like like the cis white men, they always feel like okay, if I if I claim to be gay, like people will like me. It's like no, you can't use that as a as a as a bandwagon tool. Mm-hmm. Calm down, um, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he definitely... Oh, Billy Eichner just tweeted uh, oh, okay. four days ago. Aaron Shock will win a Glad Award before I do. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. And, yeah, he's made all these statements, and then people are like, sorry, but until you show remorse or until you course correct from what you did, we're not ready to accept you. Sorry. Oh, well, I'm sorry, not sorry, girl. Uh, you can you can be on the wait list. <laughs> uh, Waitlisting queerness. Love it. <laughs> That's progress. That's, that turns me... Hell uh, gay. Sorry, we gotta put you on the wait list. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you just you didn't come out of the right season. This isn't the season where we're welcoming. Uh, you're a fall former queer. Republican. <laughs> yeah, you're a fall you're queer. October queer. <laughs> you're a pumpkin spice queen. Oh my. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. I mean, he's white. He's white girl enough for it. <clears throat> yeah, he went to Coachella. Like of all. Anyways. Right. Um. Uh, of all the places to be white and gay, he picked the whitest and gayest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the like the most like low key anti gay too, because like Coachella is put on by like corporations that like don't support or like actually try to like hamper. Uh, you're like, right. LGBT family. Uh, it all like, trickles like up to bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> trickles up to some bullshit. <laughs> uh, did you gag on anything this week? Did I gag on anything this week? Um, like a movie or a TV show or anything? Uh, other than Drag Race, what I didn't really get to like watch a lot of TV this week. I gagged on. You're getting ready to move, so yeah, busy. I'm gagging on how cheap rent is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I uh, yeah, I don't know. Did I? Oh well, I mean, I love Bon Appetit, and you know, Bon Appetit like the YouTube channel. Where no. the, yeah, okay, well, no. it's like Bon Appetit is like this uh, branch of Condé Nast, which is like part yes, of like the, the fashion. The, yeah. Nistos. And I don't know uh, much about fashion, but I know what Condé Nast is. <laughs> uh, and so, Bon Appetit, <laughs> exactly. Florist of Spring. Actually, you know what? I did watch Devil Wears Prada this week. You did? Yeah. This is my favorite movie. For the 80th time? Or mm, I want to say maybe even. like 117th. I don't know. Wonderful. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Uh, I mean, it never gets old. I could watch it all day. And it just really never. Has staying power. I mean, yeah, like it, there's it's so. It's dated many... in so many ways, but it really does have. It's staying. dated, but like it's relatable. It's like it's like you know what I think this way now, and like I mean, Andy truly is. 
I mean, she's like one of the most likable characters mm-hmm. in terms of like these kind of like coming of age, just like like ugly, like ugly Betty type movies where it's like a woman that like started, eh, but then like Learn. oh, throw her some clothes and uh, and a, some and some faked it till she made it. And yeah, realized that and then all I've glamorous. Lost, I've t- lost who I am inside. And it's like no, girl, you started wearing heels and cutting bangs. Like <laughs> no, so. you no, you sang "Dream to Dream" in one take and won an Oscar, and that's what happened to you. No. <laughs> Although that movie does remind you, like, why we fell in love with Anne Hathaway in the first place. I never quite understood how uh, quickly we all turned on her. (laughs) I never... Because I I fucking love Princess Diaries. I I always like Anne Hathaway. Why do people, like, I mean, the same thing happened... I remember it it felt so strange because the year year that we decided it was cool to hate Anne Hathaway, we also started standing Jennifer Lawrence. Because Jennifer Lawrence won the Academy Award that year, and Anne Hathaway also won, but for supporting, and people were like, we love J-Law, and we hate Anne Hathaway, like, and mm-hmm. and then almost immediately after winning that Oscar, like, J-Law started Being suffering the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Like, people started turning on her, too, immediately the way they turned on Anne Hathaway, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if... If Hollywood hates women, <laughs> I, I what? That's a weird idea. It's just they're so, going to be one head bitch at a time. It seems that way, yeah. and you know, it's always going to be. Well, there's two. There's Meryl Streep, and then one other woman we have room for. <laughs> yeah, I do. And right now, it's um, who is it right now? I feel like right now it's right now it's just Meryl Streep twice. <laughs> I think it, Meryl Streep, or I feel like maybe Viola Davis. Like in terms of like older women, I do love Viola. Yeah. But I mean, like, there's always this one who just won the Oscar. Oh, uh, who, girl who played Judy? Uh, Renee Zellweger. Yes. Although that felt like a comeback for uh, for her because people were like, haha, she has a new face. <laughs> I just thought she because lost she, weight. Because she aged. And oh, then, yeah. I just assumed, okay, she lost weight, so her, her face got slimmer. That's what I assumed. It just made, it just clued us in to, to how Hollywood treats women over 50 who aren't Meryl. <laughs> Honestly, I was watching an interview with her and she was talking because it was like, and it was on like Miss Mojo. You, I watch a lot of YouTube. I don't watch TV. That's fine. <laughs> and so. That is TV now. It was like a lot of like actresses who were told like they would never be successful based off of how they look. Mm-hmm. And I remember Renee Zellberger was saying how like a casting director, of course, anonymous, mm-hmm. told her that like she had the face of like the ugly best friend. Ah. Uh-huh. So, so she should go for those type of roles, and then she did Bridget Jones' Diary, and then apparently she like was like "fuck you" next time she saw him, and I was like, "Now look at her!" Good. She played like two Oscars, exactly, chilling. Um, Brie Larson, that's who I was thinking oh, of. Maybe I guess she is. She's kind of like, kind of like the the it girl at the moment now. She's kind of doing a lot of different things. And... I mean, all this conjecture is just making me forget how many diverse women there are in Hollywood. So I should probably just. <laughs> Stop myself while I'm <laughs> It's okay. Hollywood no. has room. Hollywood at, least, has... at least you're naming their names. You're you're giving them some spotlights. So. I mean, speaking speaking of four actresses that mm-hmm. we should be spotlighting, we should gag on the movie that I made you watch, or that you requested. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That I didn't make I... you watch it. <laughs> you requested it. Yeah. Why did you request? 1996's The Craft. I love the year. You included the year. Just, you know, <laughs> wanted to work um, the title in there somehow. Well, because you talked about like like queer LGBT movies, and like I didn't really know a lot of 
movies that like encompass a lot of like queer or like LGBTQ. There's plus. not a ton of queer horror out there. There's yeah. plenty of queer content, but when it comes to representation in horror movies, much like general representation in Hollywood, there aren't as many queer people. So yeah. what we've had to do is like repurpose films with borderline queer content yeah or like underlying coded content and yeah. this definitely falls into that category exactly um but no i always liked the craft in general it was one of my favorite movies when i was younger um mm-hmm. i've always been obsessed with witches i witches. think they're just really cool i mean like, this high school coven was like where was my high school <laughs> i know there's like a bunch of cool girls just wearing black and like just berets and sunk like again like they all look like an american apparel girl right now if they weren't bankrupt Ooh, <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, yeah, just looking at the looks, and like, there were a lot of like actresses from that, like, uh, fucking, uh, Nev Campbell. Nev, Nev Campbell. Uh, Rachel True, who Rachel True. I like always liked, and I remember watching her in, uh, that show that came on UPN, like, all the, back, back in the day, called Half and Half, where it was like her and somebody else. I can't remember the name I, at the I, moment. I can't tell you. I don't. It was on like oh. UPN, which is like like the ghetto CW, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like I remember watching UPN. I mean, you had to get your Vivica A. Fox somewhere. Exactly, yeah. That was like American Nessa Model was on there for like I think like the first three seasons, the first four seasons, and then they were like Tyra was like I'm gonna be on top, and then I forgot what they went to next. I don't know. Anyways, um, but yeah, no, I always liked witches, and I've always like felt felt like the movie was like. One of the first horror movies that was completely women ran. Women, like the the the, yeah. the full like scope is about these four these four girls, girls in high school. I mean, it was written uh, written by men and directed by a man, Andrew Fleming. But mm-hmm. I looked up this director and what else he's done, and he's got an eclectic uh, resume. I mean, but a lot of his movies have some great uh, female characters in it. Like he made the movie Dick. <laughs> in which Michelle Williams and Kirsten Dunst take down President Nixon in the sixties. Like <laughs> I it love turns that. out it turns out that the true uh deep throat were these two blonde girls who had no idea what they were doing. Dick is a Dick is a fascinating movie. <laughs> <laughs> How wait, when was this movie made? Nineteen ninety nine. So it was made oh. after this movie. Oh, okay. uh, after the craft. He also made Hamlet 2. Oh, okay. Do you remember Hamlet 2? No. Strange movie. <laughs> strange, strange movie. Theater director played by Steve Coogan um, is like trying to write the most offensive high school musical possible <laughs> and calls it Hamlet 2. It's a wild ride. Um, that movie's that movie's a curiosity. But this movie's a fucking classic. <laughs> I, love, I love the segues are so... so they just I so hate segues. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie. Okay, but yeah, no, the movie was... I, I like this movie a lot. Again, and I, it also... Very like, witchy. Very love witchy. It, it had a lot of the same uh, cast members as one of my other favorite all-time classic horror movies, Scream. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Ne- uh, Nev Campbell and then uh, the guy who played Billy who's... What's his name? Ski. Uh, Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, that is such what a such a vineyard vine name. <laughs> it's like, oh god. <laughs> uh, this movie came out the same year as Scream, so like Nev Campbell was basically she was playing kind of a second fiddle in this movie. To her and Rachel True both were playing kind of second fiddle to the stories of Nancy. Ro- yeah, Nancy Robin uh, Feruza Bach and. Robin Tunney plays Robin Sarah. Robin Tunney. Sarah, thank you, Sarah. Yes, yes, yes. 
Oh gosh, what were their what were all their names? Sarah, okay, Nancy, so Sarah, Nancy, Bonnie, and Rochelle. Bonnie and Rochelle. Rochelle was Rachel. I was like, wow, they didn't. They really didn't. <laughs> Everyone they was completely different. They were like Rachel, Rochelle, whatever. Rachel. <laughs> they were well, like, you'll get it. So well, they originally hadn't didn't have um, a racial slant on Rochelle's character at all. Originally, mm-hmm. that character had an eating disorder. All of these girls had their problems, you know. Uh, Sarah had just moved to town. She was a new girl, and she was a survivor of suicide attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy lives in an abusive, poor household. Uh, Nev Campbell's character, Bonnie, was, Bonnie. was burned mm-hmm. and has a lot of scars and doesn't feel comfortable showing. She wears a Her poncho all the time. Yeah. And then uh, Rochelle was going to have this eating disorder and Rachel True talks about this in in the documentary Horror Noir which is about black representation in horror and says that as soon as she was cast that storyline disappeared and was replaced by she's black in a mostly white town mm-hmm. and she was just like oh I didn't realize it couldn't be both like I didn't yeah. realize that, I mean, that now that I'm black it has to be my thing yeah. why can't I have more than one thing and so yeah, because it, it did feel like she, her character was like the least kind of like intriguing, and because of they, yeah. I feel like they didn't develop her character enough. They like I didn't. Have. They just had Ben Stiller's wife say racist things to exactly. her. Exactly, I, I wrote it down too. Or what she said. Oh I, I look when I look back, at it, I was like, oh my god, they were just outright racist. She literally was like, because like Rochelle was like, she make fun of her hair, yeah, her hair. So she called her hair right nappy, away. Yeah. and then she was like, why don't? Why are you being so mean to me? Why are you being so rude to me? And she's like, you know what? I know why? Because I don't like Negroes. I'm just like, who what? Says that? Who says that? Just like outright, and it was like, oh, oh, I bye. Mean, <laughs> Broke the microphone. But like, seriously, who says that? I guess Benzel's wife. <laughs> In yeah. the 90s. Yeah, Christina Taylor playing the mean girl, Laura Lizzie. Two first alliterative white girl names. Like, that was the most... That was the most. <laughs> it was just the most. Yeah, that's that's Skeet Audrey's wife's name. <laughs> she, she, His real life wife, Laura Lizzie Ulrich. <laughs> oh God, uh, she just sounds like she knows the manager's phone number. No, um, <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, I really also liked the fact that like this movie because we're talking about like a lot of like queerness in the movie. That movie also showed how, like, straight guys in the 90s had no game. None. At all. Like, they were just so bad. And at, we're like, still getting get... laid. Exactly. They were and, we're, st- and we're just ultimate trash. So trashy. Like, there was one There was one moment where uh, Sarah and uh, the, his name was Chris were, like, on mm-hmm. top of, like, some building. They were, like, kissing yada yada. And then, like, he was, like, talking. He was just talking about her hair. Like, you have a nice head. Yeah, you have a really nice head. It's great for kissing. Kiss me. Like, it and then was, he grabs her head. He, then he just grabs her head. And He's like, like uh, uh, eyes. You have two of them and a nose that goes <laughs> uh, from your eyes down to your mouth. And then your mouth is open. And I'm going to put my tongue in it. <laughs> yeah, like, it was just like, wow. Like, just not slick at all. Uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was just so upsetting to see straight men be themselves in this movie. Uh, yeah. It was a very 90s, I mean... As soon as you saw those straight men and the bagginess of their pants, you were like, oh no, Mm -hmm. I'm back. Like, and like the fluid, like how hair, how nice their hair looks, but knowing they probably don't do anything to it. Didn't do anything to it. Like, they maybe like put some gel in it. Exactly. And maybe wash it like once a week. That also was kind of just like, it's like, "Mm -hmm." it's like, because I I forgot who Chris's friend was. I think I forgot his name. I know his character though. But like, he had just like this, like, this long hair. The long hair, middle part, very like Garnier commercial type hair. But it's like, 
he's such a douche. Uh, so it's like you know he doesn't do anything to it. It's just like naturally that great. He's the short one um, who says like the weirdest shit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh god. Um, <laughs> um, I also really liked. He's in- from Clueless. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he that is. Actor. Yeah, he's yeah, Bre- yeah. Uh, Breck and Meyer. Thank you, Breck oh, and Meyer. Okay. Um, he's Franklin or Bash. I don't remember which. <laughs> uh, I want to say Bash because I think Bash is the short one. And yeah. Short, so. Yes, and the other one is tall-ish. Mark Paul Gosselaar. <laughs> oh my god, you're better with the names than I am. I'm pretty good with names. It's actually quite uh, quite weird how mm-hmm. how many names I know. It's just an eidetic memory thing that if you say, oh, such and such from this movie that he did with so and so, I'm like, oh, Breck and Meyer, of course. <laughs> Everyone's favorite second banana <laughs> uh, trash white friend. Like... <laughs> He's the, if you need a short friend. I mean, he's in everything, so, you know, I can't really knock all of the success he's had at playing that role, but when it comes to second bananaing, I wish that they had done more with uh, Rochelle and Bonnie. Yeah. I felt like Nev Campbell and Rachel True weren't used to their fullest potential. Well, I mean, I guess that's also like... Except their wardrobe, which is great. Uh, yeah, honestly. And then, the, and then the final scene when they, like, uh, go to apologize to Sarah for trying to kill her. I was like, both of these, like, that coat is great. And also, like... Oh, they were this. dressed. <laughs> they were just so well. Um, well, I mean, I think that they were just sidekicks to the main characters, which were, uh, what's her face, Sarah and Nancy. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they could have embellished the story more. But, like, also, I mean, I think it made sense for them to not be as, like, significant in the in the yeah that because also more of were, a tv series arc yeah you can't focus on so many things. in a movie it's like you have to focus on like i guess also one it was the 90s a movie with four women it, it, four girls mm. doing their thing it was hard enough to come by <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so i i, I think it made sense because i mean i think when you watch the movie it's like they're kind of just they're they're literally just following after nancy so it's like for them to have their own kind of like standout it wouldn't have i guess like helped their like role as like supporting cast members um and i mean i think bonnie had a good enough like i mean it was me it was mainly just like rochelle's character that really because i mean not hearing that that like everyone kind of had their own kind of trauma and rachel was just i'm like turned into yeah yeah like as soon as they cast a a woman of color in the role because there was this one because there was this i guess like the the leading up to the climax when like they did the spell where they all were trying to make their lives better and uh like Bonnie was like, you know, like trying to like, like make a spell for her scars to go away. Uh, Sarah was trying to get Chris to like her and not be such a douche. Uh, Nancy was trying to not be white trash anymore. Wanted her abusive uh, stepdad to go away. And then Rachel was just like, she talked about my hair. I hate her <laughs> exactly and then like the other girls uh fucking uh vineyard vine bitch her her hair starts falling out immediately yeah it's, and so... it's quite surface level mm-hmm. and i think that falls squarely on the unimaginativeness of the you know the white men who wrote the movie mm-hmm. kind of unfortunate but and they also never showed her doing magic on her own no they didn't. They had... Everyone else was shown to have some kind of magical powers or shown to have some kind of magical ability except for her. She was only just like participating in spells or she just kind of like, or she was being levitated by the other three girls. That was a great scene though. It was, it was good. <laughs> like, I, yeah, we are picking apart, of course, the things that are, you know, not, not perfect about this movie, but 
of course no movie is perfect i think there's still a reason despite all these issues that this movie became the cult classic it is well also the fact that the meme of nancy coming from the water i feel him inside me oh my goodness (laughs) like that is like a meme that gays use now when they're talking about oh when the dick is 10 inches or something like that this very quickly (laughs) becomes just a showcase for freyruza box wild (laughs) wild acting choices and they're all they're all a treat every single one after they get uh summoned by the the spirit man on and then like there's a bunch of sharks on the on the The sharks are on the beach these are gifts these are gifts these dead sharks are for you (laughs) exactly like i thought that was i just i cackled when it's not even on her you see her it's like a pan on sarah's face and she's like all confused and all you hear is in the back is it's these are gifts these are gifts it's so funny to me could you imagine being on that beach and just be (laughs) and like yeah dancing on a dead whale going this is all for you and no one no one was just everyone was just like yeah girl happy birthday (laughs) like (laughs) happy birthday to you (laughs) like everyone was just kind of like treated like it was normal oh Oh, my god (laughs) it it this movie has all these campy uh, moments that are so much fun and, and it does also give you some genuinely scary moments i think that mm-hmm. you know for all of the for all the campiness and the witchy feminism that's fun to experience there are some moments that are quite uh, unsettling like some of nancy's more violent breakdowns towards in the second half and, and until the end of the movie yeah. are kind of freaky i mean her bold lip and her eyeliner kind of helps but when she's dragging her toes across the floor oh yeah that's that's unsettling yeah it is and then also like all the use of like the the bugs and the rats which were real lots of bugs snakes rats lots of that i mean i I mean i maybe because i I just personally don't like bugs and rodents and stuff like that but like gave you some anxiety yeah it gave me a lot of that Uh, put that on a t-shirt. Work, I gotta work on that pun. It's not obvious enough. I'm, I'm feeling gangstrous. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I liked gangstrous. when they said also one of the things that was like, oh, this is a lesbian witch film is when they were like, we need a fourth. Yeah, I Unlike know. Unlike the Lex. <laughs> I can get oh you one. Like, I know girls who are looking. I mean, but of course it was for their high school coven. And you said earlier, like, or I, sorry, I said mm-hmm. earlier, I'm putting words in your mouth. My high school coven <laughs> was probably just, you know, my theater program. Yeah. Thinking back. Yeah. I feel- <laughs> that's, Wear, that's wearing it. all black. <laughs> wearing all black. Car- reading a lot. <laughs> just like- lots of witchy, <laughs> lots of spells. Talking about spells. <laughs> you know. Uh, Luckily, I didn't go to Catholic school like these girls did. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't pick it up until the uniform. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a Catholic school. And the, uh, the, yeah, the fact that she was, uh, that Sarah was uh, not wearing uniforms in the first day, I was like, look at you being a rebel. And I was like, oh no, she just didn't have her uniforms yet. They didn't give it to her. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, look at her being a rebel. And then I'm like, oh no, she just didn't get the stuff yet. <laughs> Oops, my bad. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really scary as well. I thought uh, when, the, when uh, Nancy killed Chris, mm-hmm. um, I kind of thought like that freak out was scary when, they, like, when she was like zooming towards him and then pushed him out of the window i thought that was kind of like i was like ooh. and while you didn't mm, you didn't really feel bad for chris oh man i didn't feel bad for um 
I mean, I feel bad because, like, I mean, no one, I guess, deserves to have their life taken at such a young age. Of course. But, like, on but that... In the context of the movie, On that trash. context alone, it's like, oh, a young person dying, that's sad. But, like, not about him He's at all. He's trash and should get thrown out a window. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. Um, he did... I mean, it, it was it was explicitly stated that he and Nancy had a thing. And, mm-hmm. like, he chose her because she was damaged and therefore easy to sleep with is, was that yeah i think that was what did it was. i miss that honestly when all that heterosexual well, nonsense happens because in the beginning out. she's like staring through the gate when he's on football practice again very like, 90s indie watch but, watch football happen. and then she's like yeah like he sees with everyone i know like yada yada he's a jerk and like that's when she's kind of saying like oh i had something to do with him he only wants to just sleep with women and yada yada and stuff and yeah and then of course when she, before she killed him and was making out with him and stuff, she's like, we've had a history. It's like, okay. All right, history. I mean, being that it all comes from, like, this man is sometimes kind of like, well, why can't they have problems that aren't man-related? Yeah. But, again, we know who was writing these movies. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the 90s, so, I mean, you know, it was very much kind of like, it was still in there, it was like uh, that chunk of time where, like, all the movies were like, Oh my god, teen romances, like a guy taking a slubby girl and making her better just so she can please him, and then when he doesn't like her, then she, when she doesn't like her despite her making her this drastic change that was all just for him, she breaks down, and then he comes back and saves her, and is like, I like you no matter what, I liked you even when you did look like a nerd, and it's just like... "Mm -hmm." I'm just running through the list of movies that you could be talking about right now, I'm at like six. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you could be talking about very many films. any 90s rom-com slash teen coming of age movie was like, yes and this one just contained four girls at a catholic school mm-hmm. making some bold fashion choices mm-hmm. and trying to make their outcast nature not as uh, not as exactly. talk about horrible. talk about women uplifting over women they live they literally uplifted they literally uh, lifted rochelle, rochelle <laughs> into the air <laughs> yeah and then the mom comes in and says, are you girls getting high in there? I, that I got, got clean me good. Towels. That got me good. When she said, are you getting high? I, I lost. This movie, is, this movie is a gem. Especially when, uh, after they become powerful witches, mm-hmm. Nancy gets out of her abusive household with her mom and they get $175,000. They get $175,000, which buys them an apartment in Los Angeles. I literally, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that's not a lot of money. Oh, wow. Like, is it Amtax, too? Like, that's what I was thinking. Like, that's that like 12 whole dollars in today money. I know. And the fact that they were in LA, I was like, and they got the penthouse, too. I was just like, wow. But Nancy's mother, I this podcast almost became just an hour of me standing. <laughs> Her mom, who's like... I always wanted a jukebox that just played Connie Francis. <laughs> no, that's Kim. <laughs> I love that woman. Oh, I love that woman. Um, I'm glad she was. I'm glad she was spared Nancy's wrath. Yeah. Um, well, I think because her, her mom was just kind of like a like a bystander victim of, of circumstance. Yeah, victim of circumstance because like it was really the the stepdad that was abusive and stuff because yeah. she you could tell she like, cared for her mom because then when her mom was about to get abused she was like no don't yeah, hurt her she so she had like you know mom was not the problem mom was always exactly. just sitting there listening to connie francis i love how she was in the also in the ambulance after the guy uh when they were taken to the hospital and then like nancy's just like <laughs> die bitch and then <laughs> and then her mom was like what's wrong and just like 
he's dying. <laughs> like, she's in the ambulance screaming, what's wrong? And yeah, by the time you're in the ambulance, I think you're past the what's wrong phase. Yeah. And more of, he, along he, the You already of... saw him had a heart attack. He's literally, like, getting the the, the, fa- the, thing, the air on his face. Like, they're all, they're pumping guitar, and she's like, what's going on? Someone tell me. It's like, you can't put context who's got the girl. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought that was just, just so funny. What else? Uh, there's plenty of this movie that while you said it that it's not explicitly queer there's a lot of just elements that are kind of yeah kind of gay like you know when they do that catholic school when they do that ceremony when they do that ceremony trying to uh get all their traumas together they all like the knife kiss (laughs) oh yeah the kissing practice right before they you know do their do their witchy ritual Mm -hmm. um i mean the fact that they're high school outcasts and they're witches is, I mean, so often now queer people are into more holistic and, and you know, because mainstream religion and mainstream uh, fitting in was never kind to queer girls in particular. And yeah. so they would lean into other quote unquote feminine things that were off the beaten path, like, you know, witchcraft and uh, lady bonding, you know? Yeah. And then kissing practice, and then and and then now they're full-out lesbians. <laughs> and that was high school for every queer girl. Sorry, I didn't mean Yo, to yeah. oversimplify, but... No, 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 I mean, I feel definitely... You find your people, and when you find them, you experiment new things together, and that's kind of how queer people survive high school, especially a religious uh, high school. Yeah. And I, and I think also because, like, I mean, like, as gay men, I feel like when we're younger, we're always attracted towards, like, kind of, like, cool women. Oh, all my friends were, were witchy women. Yeah, exactly. That's who I wanted to we, be like, around. We love that kind of, like, cool, like, kind of, like, like that's why, like, I, like, the, like their fashion and everything was just, like, I was drawn to that, and then just kind of, like, how, like, they'd go from scared to being, like, Oh yeah, they like, were. Why, yeah. why are you so like this? I I love it when like and the moment in the end when Sarah like gets controlled by like the the, the spirit, the spirit, the Holy and then, spirit. And then Wait, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> and then after she scares away uh, Bonnie and Rochelle, she's like, "Yeah, what happened to Bonnie and Rochelle? They left without saying goodbye. Such bad manners." I'm like, "That's so fierce. So petty. That's <laughs> so, so fierce. That's so fierce. That's that's, that, that's the kind of things that like we are like like, who, like gay youth are drawn to. That kind of like sass. That kind of like quick wit of just kind of like." Uh, and then, yeah, of course, finding of course, being... something that makes you confident, finding something that maybe other people don't understand, but mm-hmm. something you know you're good at. Exactly. And it, and when you exude that confidence, it makes it makes people listen the fuck up, and mm-hmm. that's what that's really all we wanted. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we just wanted attention. No. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, fuck, those looks were kind of awesome for like. As unfortunate as some of the '90s fashions were, I I really think that uh, there there are many a makeup tutorial on YouTube oh, that yeah. have Feruza Box uh, <laughs> bicolor lip, smoky eye, smoky eye, and her like black, lip. black and pink lip. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I was like, shit, I don't even wear makeup, and I would do that in an in an instant. Mm-hmm. I would do that every Thursday morning. I'd be like <laughs> watching a witchy tutorial and doing my witchy makeup and going about just my go, day. Just, just to go to Trader Joe's. You just know, go to Trader Joe's yeah. and be like, I need some sage, <laughs> exactly, some dried lavender, patchouli oil. And some two buck exactly. chuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Need some wine. Can I, can I add like the raw is chicken, like like really bloody. Really raw. <laughs> like, Actually, really... do you have any living ones? Exactly. Still living chickens. <laughs> Need to kill them myself. 
Don't oh worry about it. Don't no. you see my bold lip? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Also, let's go without a bra. No one wore a bra. No. <laughs> Just bra list. It's a full button-down cardigan, no bra. A lot of, uh, a lot of n- cold nipple moments. Mm-hmm. For uh, California high school. <laughs> yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of uh, standing at attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were, were bras just not popular? Were, were the 90s just a time of stiff nipple action? I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I want to think of it as like another thing of like a man wrote it. So it's like, you know, maybe it's that sense of like. Yeah, but lesbians watch it. So th- take that, Andrew <laughs> Fleming and Peter, Peter exactly. Filardi. Co-writer. Kind of like like a cool, carefree, like, women don't need to have bras because it kind of adds, like, the cool, carefree vibe that, I guess, like, you know, teenage yeah, witches tits. would have. Yeah, I got tits in exactly. high school. Who gives a fuck? Don't look at them. Magic, creep magic is keeping my booze perky. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's what... But... Well, I didn't want them use their magic for that. Like, <laughs> mm, I want to go up a cup size or down. Like, <laughs> exactly. I just want to be able to control my cup size. By the day. <laughs> exactly. What if I wanted to do that? Sometimes life's a real deep. Maybe I just want to be a bee one day. Right. Or yeah. like like the, the underwire was cutting them. It's like, you know what? I really wish I could find one. It's like, you know what? Bippity boppity boop. Bippity boppity, no more boops. <laughs> exactly. Gone. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, the looks and the lady friendship and the... Mm-hmm. And just like over being a witch, I think like also being like a witch and magic is kind of like that sense of like you controlling your destiny you kind of like taking a bad situation and making it better and like you know being a witch and being having magical powers is like you being able to control any outside force so i think that's also something that like us as queer people relate to where it's like there's been so many times where like i and i'm sure you can relate to this as well have like you know been like a burdened down by just kind of like heteronormativity and it's just like you just wish that you could just like wave a wave wand, your magic wand and just be like get no your, get your letter from hogwarts finally yeah <laughs> it's, been, it's been uh 17 years late but i'm still holding out hope that that owl's gonna just show up out my, <laughs> outside my door one of these days and take me away from <laughs> all this hoo-hoo girl <laughs> hoo-hoo girl let's go let's go I mean, when you grow up as a queer person and some people treat the things you're doing as unnatural or against natural law, you sometimes feel like a witch, but the good, or you sometimes feel like a abnormal supernatural creature, but then you, you know, take a step back and realize, well, then I got some powers that you don't fucking have. Yeah. And I am powerful and you can't take that shit from me, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to be a witch, but like I don't want to have to do with the devil. <clears throat> like, see, like, there's I would love... a lot of people who associate witchcraft with Satan immediately. Like, mm-hmm. and I like, mean, that's and what we're taught. Yeah, and in this movie, they, I mean, they talk about how like the like, what is like the 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 word for like it's the it's the spirit or but like they use him. So I'm yeah. assuming they're saying they're talking about the devil. Yeah, so like, I mean, they I... say Manon, which is uh, not which is a, an entity, a demonic entity, but Mm-hmm. is more i probably should have done more research on man all someone yeah. someone like there's gonna be a wiccan like <laughs> like actual person in my comments going and eh, that's okay nobody listens to this podcast let alone wiccans um <laughs> maybe this will pull them in <laughs> sorry yeah i'm tr- really trying to get that wiccan demographic out there wicca or whatever you, i'm sorry i'm just being so rude to the wicca uh religion right now um but you know a lot of people do say you know witchcraft all this wicca stuff is is akin to satanism and then mm-hmm. both <laughs> both wiccans and satanists are like uh-uh no we're different and here's how and here's why 
Hmm. Did you grow up thinking that magic or dark magic was satanic in nature? Yeah, because my mother was, like, really religious and stuff. So, like, uh, I mean, she, if I, if I like, talking about, like, magic or witches... Because, I mean, us, I love... I, like, generally, like, witches are my favorite type of horror trope. Awesome. Like, I love, like, Twitch... You know the movie Twitches with, like, Tia... Tia Tamara, yes. Or uh, uh, I, uh, uh, my fans, they get after me for not seeing Practical Magic with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman as witches. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it either, but sign me the fuck up. <laughs> Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman yeah. as witches in the 90s? Please. And my sisters too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Sister witches. No, I do want to watch that. But I did see uh, the Disney Channel original movie Twitches, starring Tia and Tamara. One Mallory. and two. Oh my god, that was my <gasps> the sequel. Yeah, I forgot what the sequel was about. I think they had like a third witch sister. There was a sequel, and it was Taj. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The witch sister was Taj Mahari. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was it was it was Jack their mother from a sister sister <laughs> Jack and Harry yeah, yeah, yes like, age her age her down like they did with Robert De Niro and the Irishman until she's the same age as them exactly <laughs> um, national but, treasure Jack and Harry uh, I love her so much <laughs> uh, but yeah then uh, and then also like American Horror Story Coven. Like I a mean, great season. Just, I mean, the it's best. Incredibly queer. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ryan Murphy doing anything makes things as queer as humanly possible, and there's plenty of queerness and plenty of that in in the first two seasons of American Horror. But I feel like Coven is when it really became unapologetically queer as often as possible. Like mm-hmm. they were like. Get Patty Lapone in there. Exactly. Get some. Get like, Christine Ebersol in. They were like, we're we're on a, we're gay as fuck at, the, mm-hmm. at this point. Just they had and Richard Bay up there as well. Get her in there. Mm-hmm. Get lines like, uh, we don't need a new Supreme. <laughs> we need a new rug. <laughs> exactly. You sneaky little witch bitch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, introducing the concept of the Supreme, which is now... Uh, Iconic. I, I in mean, gay lexicon, like... Exactly. I, I mean, we all course. talk about who the Supreme is now. <laughs> I'm the new... I'm the fucking Supreme. Fucking right. Cordelia in Apocalypse when she was talking about uh, the, the male witches, uh, or the, the wizards or whatever. Yes. Uh, she's like, I'm the fucking Supreme. And it's just like... I did like that they made all the, all the powerful man witches gay, though. Yeah, he did. Billy Porter. Girl! <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> national treasure Billy Porter and national treasure Sarah Paulson. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I love uh, Sarah Paulson. I saw her and Tracy Ellis Ross's like Tracy Ellis Ross's like round table when they were talking about women directing and stuff like that. And I was like, I I just want to hang out with both of them. Like, I, if I could just spend a day with both of them, they could take me shopping. I mean, mm. they were shopping because I can't afford what they bought. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I would just like watch them Sarah, shop at like Bergdorf. Help and a stuff. fellow gay out. Exactly. Buy me a vest. <laughs> Sarah Sarah Paulson, you got you got FX money. Exactly. I was just like, can I just like borrow one of your? Can books? I borrow one of your? One of your uh, blouses mm-hmm. from Carol. I mean, I know you <laughs> kept a couple of them. I know. Those were some beautiful blouses. <laughs> I, beautiful gowns. <laughs> lovely, lovely gowns. Lovely gowns. <laughs> oh, really quick, before we move on from Coven, uh-huh. um, this director, I totally forgot this until now, this director directed the Nancy Drew reboot from the mid-2000s, starring Emma Roberts really? as Nancy Drew. Yeah, he is responsible oh. for that movie and The Craft. Wow. Which is basically charmed in the making. It is. 
They it even is. used that Smith song. Mm-hmm. The, Except they didn't have a fourth in charge. They didn't until... Until... Uh, Rose McGowan showed up. Yes, <laughs> and she was... Paige? No. It was Piper, Phoebe... Prue. Prue, who died. And then... R. And R. then R. Paige... R. Yeah. <laughs> so she was Paige. So and wait, Paige. she replaced... She replaced Prue. because the they, Yeah, because they needed the power so of three. she was the fourth. And then Kaylee left. Cuoco... <gasps> came in she did yeah and she was uh she wasn't she was a witch but then they realized she was an angel i think a good yeah because okay. yeah, they're like your powers are too like strong and like you're not doing the same things that we can do uh or that they could she could do more and so then i think like she was like a she was a, an angel i think that turned evil and then all of a sudden like yeah I, I, it's all coming back i love charms as well it's, I, I love, love witches it, i oh love that it was kaylee cuoco i yeah. just love whenever she shows up that was the first big bang theory <laughs> <laughs> And it honestly should have been the only one. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry, Jim. 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 Parsons. If you're listening. If you're done bronzing your Emmys. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, honey. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, another another queer. Another queer icon. Yeah. I mean, national Smart. treasure. <laughs> Jim Parsons. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll stop overusing national treasure. Delicious. <laughs> because yeah, that makes you think of Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage here in D.C. In his one voice and his one type of character. Trying so. to... Nicolas Cage comes up on this podcast an inordinate amount of times. Oh, uh, really? Like Nic- you like Nicolas Cage? I don't. He just <laughs> he just comes up. And he just... <laughs> all all roads end in Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've talked about a lot. Is there anything else in this movie that you wanted to bring up about how gay or about how anxious it made you? Um, you know, other than, you know, their freezing nips, I think that was the only thing that really kind of made me feel for the girls. <laughs> but, uh, you know, other than that, it was, you know, a great movie, honestly. You watch, I mean, it's it, it, it's still good now. Like, I watched it. It's still good. It's still I... good. It's still great. It's, it's a nice, good trope of, like, a good, you know, teenage coming of age. There was, like, you know, the characters are all great. Uh, they had a conflict. They had the resolution. Uh, they had a moment where it's like everything's going great. They remind you that men are trash. Exactly. They uh, remind you that women should uplift women, and when they don't, they you know, don't end up very well. Exactly. And they don't. They all try to come after you and kill you <laughs> because you don't want to be their friend anymore. But uh, you know, this is a bit of a spoiler. But do you think that the what ends up happening to Nancy, how she ends up in the movie, like the last shot of the movie is her in that in that asylum? asylum. Do you think she suffered more than she should have at the end of the movie? Or did she do enough uh, I... terrible shit that it was deserved? Well, I think it's better than her dying. I feel like that would have been worse. That's true. Because, like, cause, I mean, they were trying to kill her, and she could have. Like, Sarah could have killed her, but she didn't. But she didn't. So, I mean, I think, if anything, like, she, like her dying would have been worse. Because, like, damn, she didn't even get a chance. But, um, I mean, I thought it was just... Deserved. I mean, I think because because she, she knew she was like Maybe insane I, and crazy and stuff. Yeah, and she was a, she was pretty unhinged yeah. from the get go. From I mean, the beginning, she was problematic. That's why she was the head weirdo because yeah. she was the most fucked up. And I mean, even well, though, not that it's a <laughs> not that it's oppression Olympics or anything. Yeah. Like <laughs> even even, Ra- even Rochelle's character was like, "You guys know you're white, right?" Like, just uh, say, doesn't yeah. she say at one point like? You guys, at least you guys are white. Like, she well, yeah, because very plainly. She talked about it when they were doing, like, the spell of trying to get their trauma together. She's like, well, like, still black. But, um... And they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Rituals. Sisters! Sisterhood. <laughs> rituals. Yay! What? I don't see color. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Let's uh, not talk about it right now, okay, <laughs> Rochelle? <laughs> oh my god, have fun with sister, sister. No. <laughs> oh my god, but like. Yeah, I mean, I think it was deserved. It. I think it was fine. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, she was. I'm hoping that, like, I mean, garbage towards the end. <laughs> yeah, and I think because at the end, Bonnie and Rochelle, even though it was fake, they tried to apologize to Nancy. So I think, yeah, but not she, Nancy, uh, Sarah. Uh, Sarah, but she. Wouldn't but then, and then Rochelle was like, <laughs> she doesn't even have. Because then they were like, you should, we should hang out. Do you have any powers, by the way? Blah blah blah. And then she's like, mm, I don't know. They Do are. I? They are fake as fuck. Exactly. So she sends a tree after them. Exactly. But, I also was maybe more bothered by the fact that they didn't stay frenzy. Like, I guess you can't really stay friends with people when they attack you in your dreams, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. using spells. And but also I, commit you that your parents are dead. Yeah, that was rude as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that was so rude. So yeah. So I guess I guess they the fact that she didn't have the tree friends. branch planning to fall on them on sight. Yeah, was, she's was, a very forgiving friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I would I mean I would have, but I mean good for her. No, but I think overall Nancy got what she got what was coming towards her. Okay. Yeah. So. But look, I mean those those face journeys, those oh, yeah. rants she went on. It was still quite a sight to behold. I will say that for all of the bad she did, Nancy did make me a hell of a lot gayer watching this movie. Would you gag on it again? I would. I, think I, I would, would too. Gag on in a heartbeat, again. not alone. Aggressively though. gag. Okay, just <laughs> egregiously Gre- aggressively gag on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until <laughs> the until that reflex is gone. <laughs> exactly. Just chow down. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming here to talk about this witchy movie with me. Of course. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, yes, okay, so uh, I'm not much of a Twitter person, but Instagram is my jish. Mm. So uh, you can find me on Instagram at Banksy, because uh, my last name is Banks. <laughs> Sean Banks, everybody, Sean Banks. Uh, Sean Banks? <laughs> Comedian, Sean Banks. <laughs> yes. Banksy, how do you spell it? B-A-N-K-Z-Z-Y-Y-Y, so bank and then two Z, three Ys. Um, I also have a podcast as well. Yes, Ish yes. Please. Yes, Ish Please, yes. Co-hosted with? Uh, Fernando Fernandez, uh, my best friend and ex-boyfriend excellent uh, so yeah we just we sit down uh we talk about topics that we like are we we like but we're not really like super like you know knowledgeable about so you know we're curious ish you know we we know a little bit about ish. it but you know we just give our opinions we have guests as well on so there it's a learning podcast it is a learning podcast i love it uh, ish so yeah, please it's, exactly get some good ish in your life mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Yay, marketing i love it yeah and as always you can find me on Twitter, even though it's trash out there, uh, and on Instagram, which I'm trying to make more mm-hmm. but I still don't even know how to pronounce the word. <laughs> it's, so I'm working. It's an interpretation. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting my putting my variation on it. Anyway, you can find me at Joshua Simon Says, and you can always rate and subscribe to The Gag, a spoopcast, uh, on on whatever platform that you use to listen to your spoopcasts. And as always. Find your coven, find your people, do some magic, practice kissing. <laughs> Wear a bra. <laughs> Wear a bra. Or don't. Or don't, yeah. Burn it if you want. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And where where do a wish tutorial every now and then, you know, when you gotta go to Trader Joe's to pick up your essentials, you know, your sage, yeah. you know, your cauldrons. Yeah. Hopefully uh, we run into you the next time we're buying a dried lavender and yeah. 
Whoever, who knows if you ever, if you stop by Chicago, desiccated lizards. Whoever knows if you stop by Chicago, and I'm not taking the train, I'm just taking a broomstick. You know why? You know why? <laughs> Sean Banks, okay. bewitching Chicago, one dick joke at a time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my witchy friends. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>